This is Luka Vujicic and this is a Step Over Podcast. Hey Ottawa, welcome to the Step Over Podcast, Ottawa's grassroots soccer podcast. How's it going? My name is Josh, I'm your host. Thanks for joining. This episode, we're diving right in. A few weeks ago, the big club Atletico Ottawa announced they were starting up a uh, development program, more under the umbrella of Atletico de Madrid, um, but certainly run by Atletico Ottawa. And what it is, is it sounds like they're they're inviting players from, from the area um, to basically keep an eye on, have them train in a professional environment. You know, they could be already playing with League One Ontario clubs, PLSQ clubs, OPDL clubs. But now they'll also have an opportunity to have these training sessions, uh, you know, with Atletico. And from what I understand, um, you know, the the players who will be participating, you know, might fluctuate, might be a little fluid. But it sounds like a great way to, um, you know, without having the funds for, for an academy right now, being able to keep a very close eye on, you know, the up-and-comers from probably mostly players based on Ottawa. But, you know, it could be players from... Peterborough or Kingston or as far as Montreal, you know, players who uh, are high caliber and are able to make the trip to Ottawa, you know, every week or two. So there's no public list uh, that I'm aware of, of um, players who are participating. Uh, But one player that we do know um, is Luka Vujicic. Um, He's a goalkeeper from Ottawa and he's recently committed to Queen's University to play for them. And he has a very interesting story uh, about his last two years, essentially, um, looking for playing time, playing in Serbia. Luke is a great storyteller, uh, so I'm going to let him get into it. Uh, so here's my chat with Luka Vujicic. Let's start with the basics, Luka. Can you state your full name, your age, and the position that you play? My name is Luka Vujicic. I'm 19 years old, and I'm a goalkeeper. Fantastic, and you're from uh, and you're from Ottawa originally, is that right? Yeah, born and raised in Ottawa. Okay, so what so what part of Ottawa did you grow up in? I actually grew up in Barhaven my whole life, the same house, but oh, really? uh, my parents, yeah, but my parents are originally from Serbia, and they came in 1997. Okay, you know, in Barhaven, was there like a? You know, did you have any like hangout spots where people could usually find you when you weren't on the field? In Barhaven. Yeah. Honestly, if you want to if you want to catch me in Barhaven, you'll either catch me running or biking around the block because I I had uh, the big amount of people just come at me and say, "Oh, I saw you biking or I saw you running and stuff like that." And a lot of people question why I do that stuff. Like I would bike from Barhaven all the way to Gatineau and back, and people are like, "Are like are you crazy? Like why do you do this stuff?" And it's just that like I just like to train, and I don't know. I I developed that person that. Uh, mentality from when i was in, in europe that training mentality and i don't know i'm just i just like being productive and just improving myself i mean you know i can appreciate that like i like to bike too do you do that like routes uh you're kind of going up prince of wales and like the like up the canal yeah 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 basically yeah 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 it's a beauty ride okay so uh growing up what was your your like club team in ottawa club team so uh i uh, actually started off with nepean hospitals when I was about six or seven years old, I was I was started I started out as a goalkeeper, okay. and then I was a player for actually for about a year again. When I was about, I think like eight years old, I was a player for about a year, and then I switched it up and I started being a goalkeeper again for a year. And then when I was ten, I joined the. Uh, uh, it was at that time it was called Ottawa Royce Futuro, but obviously now it's called Saint Anthony's Futuro. And I was with them for about two to three years. And that's when it, they, that's where I really developed a lot at Futuro. And I actually ended up going on trial with uh, the Montreal Impact Academy. And so it was actually a trial. Of, there was about seven trials. And there would be like a lot of people getting cut each trial. There were like two trials in Ottawa and then five trials in, in Montreal. And it was about like, five months of just traveling, going back and forth to Montreal and stuff like that. And then it was between me and two other pre-academy goalkeepers. And at that, at that time, they would always take like most of the pre-academy uh, goalkeepers and stuff like that. And they actually ended up taking me. So, and then I ended up joining the Montreal Impact for from 2015 to 2017. And then after that, 
that was when I was that was actually when I was 12 and 12 and 13 years old and I was attending a French school at the same time in uh in in Quebec and uh, it was it was really hard like to transition and like it's I went to a French school in in Ottawa but it was like a big transition to go into to a French school in Quebec but uh, yeah so I was there for a year and a half and then I came back to OSU for about three years and then after that that's when COVID hit and uh, I decided I was actually supposed to go to ST Braga in April of 2020 but obviously because of the the pandemic I wasn't able to go and I actually went the year before I went to SC Braga for two weeks and they liked what they saw so they invited me back but obviously because of the pandemic I couldn't go so I had to see my options and then uh, I saw that in Serbia COVID wasn't a, a problem at all at the time there was, weren't people wearing masks in Serbia and everything was open so in June of 2020 I decided to to go to Serbia and that's from where I started playing in Europe, basically. You know, you covered a lot of ground there. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so let's start with Braga. So, you know, that's a name that, that like, a lot of people will, you know, recognize and know. Um, like, how did, like, how did you get connected with with them? Actually, I had a goalkeeper trainer called uh, Carlos Lima. He's actually the owner of uh, NGA. And I was training with him. I started training with him since I was 14 years old, actually. And then I think it was like a year in training with him. And then he decided that he wanted, he wanted to contact some clubs in Europe or Portugal to give me a, a chance. And then he actually got SC Braga to, to see me for two weeks. And that was, that was pretty crazy. So I, I was actually, I went there when I was, uh, when I was 15 and I was there for two weeks. And then I was, I was really happy with the experience. And I, and I saw that after that, I realized that I could play in Europe there. Like it wasn't a debate anymore. Like, it was my it was my second time playing in Europe. I actually played in in like uh, a, a tournament in in France before that, uh, when I was about twelve years old at uh, the Impact. But that was my first time actually trialing for a club in Europe. And it's it's not a at the end of the day it's SC Braga. It's a it's a Europa League team in in Portugal. At the end of the day, it's a big club. So it was a good experience for me to be there for two weeks. And the fact that they invited me back again to come that that was that was really uh, huge for me. It was a good sign. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's huge. Um, and not only that, like you're 15, uh, which yeah. which always just blows my mind when when you know you know people go at, abroad at such a young age. Um, you know what was you know was that like were you nervous to go? Like what was that like for you? Yeah, honestly, it was it was nerve wracking because at the end of the day, it was it was the first time that I went somewhere where that where I didn't understand the language because when I went to Montreal, I already knew French. And when I went to Serbia, I, I knew I knew Serbian, but like there is complete different language. So I, I had trouble, like, you know how you have to call out cones, red, blue, orange. I, I didn't know anything. So I was just basically lost the whole time, but I was still able to, to adjust and it went well. Like I had a, the goalkeeper coach was happy with me. I was happy with the training. I did really well. I gave it 110 percent and I was happy. You know, the pandemic hit, you, know, you had to leave Braga, but um, it kind of resulted in a in a pretty interesting past like year and a half it sounds like you know being in europe um can you yeah that was a year about... i was in i was in serbia for a year and a half i was in i was in uh, sc braga just for a trial for two weeks but i was in i was in serbia for a year and a half that's right yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. can you tell us yeah. a bit a little about like uh who you were playing with and and what that was like oh yeah okay so this this one's gonna be a long but i was oh, at, I was a podcast it's fine yeah 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 but also i didn't mention also that was actually i forgot to mention because you asked like what clubs I moved out, moved on to, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I was actually yeah. part. I was actually part also with the the 2015 the, the non Nations Cup Canada team that went to Morocco. Okay. And yeah, I was part of that team that finished six out of 32 teams, and that was all oh, wow. also a big accomplishment for me because at the end of the day, they're only looking for one goalkeeper across the whole of Canada, and I was that goalkeeper chosen when I was 12 years old, and and they choose goalkeepers from 10 and 12 years old, and I think. That was something really big for me. And the, I don't care that it's a fact that it was like seven years ago. I'll still talk about it today because it was something really big for me. And so for a 12-year-old to do that, I think that was crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, back on uh, from what happened to Serbia. So yeah, uh, I, I flew out to, to Serbia in June of 2020 because uh, one, one of the reasons were because obviously what happened in uh, for, with Portugal, Portugal, everything was closed. And Serbia seemed like a big option, but and and I have a lot of family in Serbia, obviously, right? 
and I have I I'll, I can easily get my citizenship there. And at the same time, I was actually in contact with an agent in uh, in in, uh, in Serbia, and he saw my videos from my highlights from uh, my when I was playing with OCO PDL, and then he was like he was shocked like on on uh, like he was he was really shocked. He liked what he saw. And then he wanted me to come there as soon as possible. Like he was even suggesting that I come live with him at the same time. But obviously my dad didn't want that. My dad was like, oh, no, it's okay. We can just go by ourselves, get a, like a, our cousin find us apartment and stuff like that. So, yeah. So we came there and uh, it was, I landed there June of June 15th. And then as soon as I, I, I landed there, the already the agent was, he, he he we didn't even see him yet and already he wasn't really answering text messages like he used to before he's being a little like uh like slow or a little dry on text and stuff like that and then we finally finally got to to meet him and stuff like that and then he was talking about okay i'll i'll get you a trial with this uh with this club in in serbia and then we're, it, it was it was like a top top club i don't think there's a point of me saying the the name of the of the club really because at the end of the day i didn't get the chance but it was a it was a top club in in the country and he was suggesting that i'd be in the first team not even academy like first team so yeah and then what happened basically after that was he wanted to see me he want he want first before he gave me the trial he wanted to to see me train uh first so we we did a 1v1 goalkeeper session and this is basically Right after COVID hit, right after me coming fresh off the plane, me still being jet lagged. This is the like the the second day I'm in Serbia, and then this is basically what happened. We're uh, that was when I was in Novi Sad, Serbia, actually, and uh, he we actually drove all the way to a, a village near Novi Sad. It was about I don't know 45 minutes away from the from the city to a to a random field. And then he just brought a bunch of a bunch of balls. And what we did, he just uh, what, what we did was crazy. Actually, we would do. Uh, he would just make me tired the whole time. And <laughs> there, was, there was even a time I couldn't even, like I couldn't even believe my eyes. Like there was even a time where he like make me. Uh, he just throw the ball, and I would just dive left, right, left, right, left, right. But I'd be going forward at the same time, right. And we would do that all the way. We would do that from the. From the goal line all the way to half and back without any breaks. And then after, I think, after going there and back without no breaks, just diving left and right like a maniac, he would question me, like, why are you tired? And stuff like that. This is just a warm-up and stuff like that. And then and then after that, we, we just did a couple more, like, couple more drills and stuff like that. But I saw he was just trying to make me tired and stuff like that. And then after the session, he's like, oh, okay, you're not fit. We're going to have to get you a personal trainer and, and stuff like that. And he says, oh, I'm going to be outside the city. Uh, I'm going to be in Slovenia for a while. So you can find a personal trainer uh, yourself, you know, get fit, and then maybe we can contact me again and stuff like that. But it was, it's weird how his energy changed that way because because how, how his energy really changed from, from before, how he was so interested. And then the second I come to Serbia, he didn't see me yet, but his – his energy just changed a lot. So we saw that uh, at the end of the day, we saw that you have to understand this guy saw that we're from Canada and that maybe he can get some money out of us and stuff like that. And then that's basically what he probably wanted. He probably wanted us to, to pay him and stuff like that to find a club or, or something like that. And so do you think so he was trying to scam you or something? Yeah, I think, I think he really just wanted money because obviously he sees that we're from Canada. Yeah. And then he can he sees that like as a golden opportunity to get money, obviously. So obviously it is it, it, it was pretty obvious. So yeah. And um after that, so that's what what basically happened at the end of the day. The agent that I had an agent in Serbia that gave up on me in two days. The first two days I was in Serbia, my agent gave up on me. He said you're too slow, you're unfit, and just gave up on me. He said you basically told my dad, he said that's Serbia for you. Like I'm done with you. That's basically what he said. So, uh, that, so imagine, imagine a 17 year old kid that comes to all goes overseas and it's his, his first time, first time, of, like not his first time playing overseas, but like just trying to pursue a career in Europe. 
and it's the and you get cut from your agent in two days. Your agent just gives up on you. Imagine that. So like I know this isn't the end of your story, but like what were you feeling at that point? That, I I really I really didn't know. Like I, I didn't know what I was thinking at that time, but I, I didn't know. I was like in my head I was thinking like I wasn't thinking about giving up. Uh, I really don't know what I was thinking. I was really I was a little bit lost at that time. I was questioning myself as a goalkeeper. Like I was questioning, am I even cut out for this? Like maybe like I'm only cut out to play in Canada. Maybe I can't, I can't play in Europe. Who, who knows? Maybe I'm just not for this level and stuff like that. So, yeah. And then actually after that, it, it was crazy. My, my dad, actually we were in, we were in Novi side. So my dad actually wanted us there. We, my uncle found us a goalkeeper trainer uh in in belgrade so we would have to to drive one hour all the way to belgrade and back just for like a one hour goalkeeper session because in novi sad there wasn't really anything there wasn't it's like a it's like it's, it's a small city mm-hmm. it's like comparing i guess like 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 belgrade is basically Tor- toronto for canada like it has like everything for like sure. for for football like it has everything basically so yeah we go to belgrade for some goalkeeper training and then obviously it was my first goalkeeper, real goalkeeper session in Serbia. So I get there and then I do, I do the session. And then I, I, I think I did pretty well for myself. I, I think I thought I did like really well and stuff like that. And then after the session, like the goalkeeper trainer said, like, you have like a weird style of techniques and stuff like that. Like uh, it's, you don't dive like everyone else. Like, I don't know who taught you this. I don't know who taught you that. And then my dad actually didn't want, want to tell me at the time. But the, the goalkeeper trainer actually actually told my dad after that session, he told my dad to, to actually go back to Canada as soon as you can. That's basically what, what he told them. And uh, that was that was crazy. But it's good that he didn't tell me at the time. Because imagine if I knew, knew at the time, like another goalkeeper trainer saying that I should go sure, back yeah. to Canada. Yeah, so so that happened. And then I just, no, I just kept on training with him until, until I could find a club. So I just kept on training, kept on training. And then... The, we actually, I actually got a call to to go to preseason with a club club called FK Proleta Novi Sad, and that this 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 is a club in Novi Sad. They played, they played in the Superliga at that time. They're now actually they're actually now relegated into the second division, but at that time they were playing in the first division, and I got called into the preseason there. So basically, I was there training for for two weeks. And I was really surprised. Like the they they liked what they saw, and they wanted they wanted me to stay there. And then so, the plan for me was to uh, to stay there while I can get papers. And once I could get my papers, I can sign my contract. So during that time, I was doing I was it was still my senior year, but this was during COVID. So I was doing uh, online school, and I was playing for that pro team at the same time. So I was with that uh serving i was that that was the first team that's the first team as well so i was with the with that team training with them seven months constantly training with the the first team at the pros first division every day seven months training with them and the plan was uh and then when it came to january of 2021 i finally got my uh my my serbian papers everything was ready i was finally able to sign because i don't know if you're aware there's that rule where you can't sign a professional contract uh, under 18 if you're not uh, from that country do, do you know that rule you know i didn't no yeah it's a it's actually a rule where you can't sign it in another in another country that you're you're not born in uh, okay. unless unless if you have a citizenship you can but you have to be over 18 to sign in any other country so but i had citizenship so i was able to sign at 17 so the papers came in in january 2021 they're ready to sign me to give me a contract the only thing that was missing, they had to ask uh, Montreal Impact and uh, OSU for uh, a, for them to sign the, the training conversation that they're not going to look for money. I don't know if you're aware of the FIFA training conversation rule. Ba- basically, states that uh, every club that you played for, when you, when you until you're 23, any pro contract that you sign, those clubs that you you trained for before can all ask for for a bunch of money, basically. Okay. Yeah, so I played for Montreal Impact for a year and year and a half, and I played for uh, OSU for three years, and that and, and it adds up. Also, don't forget, it adds up every year. So let's say uh, you, uh, Serbia is probably category two of UEFA, so maybe it, it's like thirty k a year. So imagine it adds up 
30K. So OSU, 30K, 60K, 90K, Montreal Impact, 30K, or to 45K a year and a half. And imagine like all, I'm just giving an example, but all that money adds up and that's a lot of money. So basically what happened is uh, OSU and Montreal Impact were asking for uh, for training competition. They, they, want, they wanted money from the, the club that wanted to sign me. And the club in Serbia, they weren't interested at all. They basically said they're not going to give a cent. Like, they're like, this kid's 17 years old. We, like, obviously didn't know, know my, uh, they don't know my potential. At the end of the day, also, like, Serbia, there's not that much money. And if you're going to ask for, like, what, 40,000 euros for, for a kid from Ottawa to be your third keeper at 17, who's going to pay that? No one. Because yeah. in Serbia, in Serbia, they don't buy players. In Serbia, they... They get players for free. They get young players and they, they sell them to top five leagues. That's how they okay. make their money. They're not obviously who would in their right mind pay for uh, a 17 year old goalkeeper <laughs> for 50K. Like, come on. Like, I, like, and that's just the truth. But at the end of the day, I think they do have the right through FIFA, Montreal Impact and OSU do have the right to, to ask for, mo- for money, but no one's going to pay for that at the end of the day. So that's why uh, talks broke down. For, for me to sign with this club. So after training with them for seven months, I was now left without a club. And uh, from, from there, I really didn't, it's not that I didn't know what to do, but I was in, stuck in a position where now I know, oh, I can't, I can't sign anywhere. Like I could sign in the, in the CPL. Like in the CPL, there's no training compensation because it's obviously a new league, but like I can't sign anywhere in, in Serbia, obviously, or anywhere else in Europe or else. They can just keep on asking money and no one's going to want to pay that. So how am I going to sign a pro contract? And this goes on until I'm 23. So what am I going to do? So at that point, I was without a club for four months, just uh, just training, just doing uh, private training, basically my goalkeeper trainer uh, every day. That was basically in Novi Sad, just doing private training, going to the gym. And at the same time, I got called up to, to sessions. I don't know if you're aware of the club FK Vojvodina. No. No, it's basically, it's a, it's like a top club. They, they play in the the conf, in the UEFA Conference League, uh, I think, last year. And, yeah, it's, it's a top, it's a top uh, club in Serbia. And and so I, I was uh, I was training with them a bit during that time also. And then it came to June of, June 2021 where I was finally looking for a club. And during that time, time, I was going everywhere, really, like just trialing, seeing my options. Like I was just looking for somewhere where I'll get, I'll get playing time because that's what I was looking for the most and, and some good environment and stuff like that. And then there's actually, actually, uh, no, he wasn't even an agent. He's just, uh, he's a director of, of an academy. Uh, he's a director of the academy where, where I was doing my goalkeeper training with that goalkeeper coach, that goalkeeper coach works for that uh, academy. But that director of academy was basically watching me uh, throughout when I was doing those private trainings or he knew about me. He was talking to my dad about me. He's saying, like, I'll find him a club and stuff like that. You should trust me and stuff like that. And it was going on for a whole year, actually, where, where he was talking to us, where he's going to find me a club one day and stuff like that. And then it actually came a time where we got – a random phone call from from the from this guy and he he basically told us that uh, I'll have a trial uh, the next day with a club called FK Chukarichke if you're aware of them no no so this is this is also a a top club they finished third this season the first team they finished third in the Serbian Superliga and they'll okay. be uh, playing in a, a UEFA Conference Liga as well and uh, so, yeah, so he got me the chance to, to play and to, got me a chance to trial there. And basically what he told, told them, the, the director there, he said, basically, I know this kid that's, that's better, that's 10 times better than all your goalkeepers there. And I can bring him tomorrow. If you don't like him, you can cut him right away. If, if you like him, then you can keep him and you can see him in preseason. And that's basically what he said. Like, this is a, this guy is some, someone that's really hardworking and, uh, and that's actually helped me a lot. And he actually played for uh, the Yugoslavian uh, uh, futsal national team. Before it split up in the 1990s, he was playing for the, for the Yugoslavian uh, futsal national team. Oh, wow. So okay. He, yeah. So he's pretty well known there in Serbia. Yeah. So, yeah. So the next day, I, he, he, drives, me, he drives me there. I, I go on trial with this club. 
And then after the, the first session, they, they looked happy and I got invited to preseason. So this is the, but this is the academy, obviously, because I can't obviously sign a pro contract. But this is also, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a third biggest academy in the whole country. And that's, that's really something big. So uh, I was really happy with that to get invited into preseason. And then, so while I was at uh, preseason, it was me and there was one, one more goalkeeper, basically, just uh, on the team at the time. But that goalkeeper was all, all, already there for about three years. And so, yeah, and then the preseason was, uh, you know, the, that like uh, military training where it's like all hardcore, like uh, just yeah, Marines, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that. But at the same time, you have a guy screaming at you the whole time. That was basically <laughs> my preseason. Like you would just be tired doing all these drills and you have a guy screaming at you the whole time because this was a really strict uh, goalkeeper coach and stuff like that. And the whole I remember like the whole week I was I, I was again. This was a, again a time where I was questioning myself as a goalkeeper if I'm if I'm good enough and stuff like that because the whole week he was telling me you're stiff, you're slow, you don't you don't have this, you're missing this, you're missing that. Look at him, look how he does this, look how you do it, stuff like that. That's all, all like getting in my head again and stuff like that. And then I was again just questioning myself and and like questioning if I if I should be here or if I deserve to be here and stuff like that. And then it came uh, the day where we had a, a game versus uh, FK Partizan, if you're aware of that. You know Red Star Belgrade? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so it's, it's Red, the, the biggest clubs, biggest two clubs in Serbia. It's Red Star Belgrade and FK Partizan. These are the okay. two clubs that are basically rivals. You can, you can look online. Like they're, the, the fans are, are like crazy. It's like crazy rivals, basically. And uh, this is this is basically the the second biggest club in, in Serbia. I I, I on, in my opinion, it's the second biggest club in Serbia. And so we had we had a we had a preseason game against them. And also, I'm I'm new there. I didn't start the game. They played 60 minutes, and in the 59th minute, they they the, the other goalkeeper concedes a goal. So we're losing we're losing one zero, and the goalkeeper concedes a goal. And we're not goalkeeper. Uh, concedes the goal you know how in preseason how they just have like two different lineups like let's say in the last 30 minutes they'll put a whole complete lineup because it's just like all about playing time right just yeah for for them to see you and stuff like that so after they conceded that goal like the the, like the the coach was kind of like fed up or whatever like and then he just said like to put the second lineup so they put a whole lineup of the obviously like the the players that usually get less playing time and they put me i was i was new there and then, so, uh, what happened? I, I got into game. I think after just, like, five minutes, there was a, a, a penalty, uh, a PK, a, pen, a penalty kick, actually, awarded against us. And so, I was just, I wasn't, I didn't even get a proper warm-up or anything. And I was actually unmotivated the whole week. I was questioning myself, but, like, I just tried to focus and, and save the pen. And that's exactly what happened. I saved the pen. And right after that, I got a whole, like, adrenaline, like, I just saved no a pen kidding. from, yeah, I saved a, a pen five minutes in, just got in after, uh, against uh, one of the biggest clubs in, in Serbia. This is something crazy. So this is something I never experienced before. So after I saved the pen, like, I couldn't believe myself, but I was having so much adrenaline at the same time. So after that, I felt so loose. Like, during the week, I was so tense. I was questioning myself. But after that, I was feeling loose. And then after that, they actually had three well, 1v1s on me. Three, three 1v1s in a, in a short, tw- the 25 minutes that were left. Because they had all, that, that team, Partizan, they had all their, their good players on. And basically, we had, like, all the players that don't get playing time. They're, like, uh, like they're, they're a little, like, uh, worse than the other players that were playing. So, so they're just getting more and more chances. And I ended up saving three, obviously, three more, uh, three more 1v1s. And then after that, I just felt, like, so good and then like other players from the partisan like they're congratulating me they're happy how i did players from my team everyone people that david never even talked to me they came up to me they were so happy like everyone even and then after we end up uh end up uh, going obviously to the hotel eating and stuff like that and this was a, this is was the this was the morning after so the the goalkeeper coach that was basically uh I was basically talking shit to me the the whole week, saying I'm not, you can't do this, you can't do that, you know, or questioning me and stuff like that. And 
saying I shouldn't be here and stuff like that. I was just eating. He comes behind me, just taps my shoulder. I turn around. I just see he winks at me and then he walks away. And after that, it was even a better feeling. Like we're waking up like that in the morning. Like this guy was talking shit to me the whole week. And the next morning <laughs> comes and he winks at me. And I'm just like, it's, it's crazy. It was, it, was, it was a good feeling. And yeah. So from there, like his whole energy changed towards me. And that, I, that was the game that basically just, just gave me the position in the team for me to, to sign with that team. So after that game, I already knew I was going to, I was, they were going to sign me. It wasn't, it wasn't a question. They're even telling me, the director was even telling me not to go to Partizan because Partizan saw how I played that game and they, they wouldn't hesitate also to take me if I, I was away from that club. So, so yeah, so I ended up signing with that, with that team and I spent from uh, there, I was there from July to, uh, to December actually. And then uh, I had problems again with this registration. I had problems again because the the OSU had to give them a, a paper again that they're not going to look for money for if they sign me as an academy player. And OSU was fine with that. But OSU said, if they ever want to sign me as a professional player and give me a professional contract, then they can look for money again. And so okay. I had problems with that. And obviously this club, when they saw that, they were like, okay, we're not going to sign this guy. We're not going to pay 40000 50000 for, for this goalkeeper. Why would you do that when we have a homegrown keeper that's already here for three years and we can just keep him? Like, what would be the point of just paying for him? So because of that, like, obviously I was just basically pushed to the side. I wasn't given any any minutes, basically. And okay. I was just on uh, as, a, as a second keeper and they didn't take me as seriously then because they knew what was coming at them if they wanted to sign me a pro contract. So they were like, why bother even put him to play, you know? And then, so after that, uh, I came back to, uh, came back to Canada in December of 2021. And from there, from there, I was debating what am I going to do? If I'm going to play, uh, where, where am I going to play? If I'm going to play in the CPL, if I'm going to go back somewhere to Europe, but I had problems with that papers. I was debating a lot of what I'm going to do. And I, I soon realized, like, while I was in Serbia, I realized a lot of stuff. I realized at the end of the day, even if you're a professional, people think when you're a professional, you're going to be, like, you're going to be counting money every day. At the end of the day, it's not like that. In, 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 in Serbia, it's a less developed country. Players, some players there in the first division that make about, what, 600, 700 euros a month? Like, and then what happens if you break your leg? Or what happens when you, when you retire at 35? What do you do after at the end of the yeah. day? And that's... That's I really realized like when I was while I was in Serbia, it, like a, a lot of things opened my eyes. And when I came to Canada, I realized like a lot of stuff. And I learned a lot. And I, I think there's nothing better than getting an education and playing at the same time. I think there's nothing better than that. Like it's, it's really it's really perfect. And especially at this age, I'm still as a goalkeeper. I'm 19. I'm still young. I think I still have a lot of time. So there's nothing better than getting, getting an education and playing at the same time. Like, I don't think there's anything better than that. And also, I want to, to start off my career, obviously, in the, in the CPL. And the OUA draft is the best way to, to get into the to CPL. So I think that, that was obviously a no-brainer. I think that was the best option for me. And Queens, I think, is the perfect place for me. So I'm excited. I'm excited for, the, for this new chapter, to be honest with you. Okay, so uh, you've committed to Queens University. Like, what... Um, you know, you said you feel like that's the best place for you. Why, why do you feel that? Like what drew you to, to the program at Queens? Queens. Cause, uh, honestly, I, I like the, honestly, when I, when I went through the, the campus, when, when I saw the, the facilities they have, when I, I also heard like how hard it is actually to get into the school. I was pretty surprised that I even got into the school. It's pretty hard to get, get into Queens, but I also like the team. The team I heard that they they're really like close bonded, and yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited for it. And it was honestly the the best option for me also because I heard something that the the two fifth year uh, keepers that they graduated, so there was like an open spot for for me to fight to be first goalkeeper. So that was also attractive to me. But also I didn't just go there for football. I also saw it was a great place for me for me to study and, and get education like 
So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for it. Because also a lot of people, I think a lot of people are, are surprised that I'm even going to university. I think uh, a lot of people didn't even think that I would even want to, to graduate high school. I was always talking talking about going to Europe like so soon. Like I just wanted to, to, to play. I wasn't ever really interested in school and stuff like that. I was always thinking about the, the future and stuff like that. And yeah, so I'm, 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 that's why I was really happy with this because I'll, at the end of the day, I proved a lot of people wrong. Like a lot of people were surprised for me to even get into Queens. Yes. What program did you uh, join? I'm going to be doing poli-sci actually. Okay. You know, does politics kind of interest you then? Yeah, I actually love politics. I mean, politics runs in my family and I don't know, I kind of got into politics because my mom and she was actually, she was actually a lawyer uh, back in Serbia, but obviously if she wants to be a lawyer here, she has to go through school again and stuff like that. But I personally, I'm just really interested in politics. I just really like it. Okay, very cool. Okay, so uh, you talked about the U Sports draft being, you know, really attractive to you. Um, so, you know, players in the past, uh, when they've gotten to your age, like, I don't think that like staying in Canada seemed like a great option for them. Um, at least I don't think that they felt that way um, if they wanted to to go on to play pro. But now it seems like that there are more doors open. Like there's a CPL, there's the draft, there's more there's more opportunities to get eyes on players. So I guess what is it about, like, do you know people who have gone through the U Sports draft? Like, why do you think that, you know, going to an OUA school, like a U Sports school, um, is a good way to get eyes on you and, uh, you know, continue developing towards a pro career? Well, yeah, obviously there's been a, a lot of players that have been uh, drafted. I think, pretty sure Mateo Debrian got, got drafted into his, from his first year, got dropped into Valor from, from Carlton. Oh, so that was actually, so that was actually a big, a big source of controversy here because he yeah. was in the draft and then he first got out of the draft too. because they just signed him straight up to a pro contract. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I saw that. It, but, that the eyes, also, but you know, yeah. like it was, you know, obviously the eyes were still on him. So yeah, exactly. So the, all of a sudden I didn't just use that example, but I, I think for myself, I'm confident in my ability that I can do it too. And coming off fresh, playing in Europe for a year and a half, playing with professionals, playing in the pro academy. I mean, I think, uh, I I think it wouldn't be a surprise for me to get drafted. I think I, I'm really confident in my ability that I can get drafted, and uh, I'm I'm just really excited. I, I actually know that uh, there hasn't been a uh, a player from Queens that has been uh, drafted yet, and I see that as a challenge. I I would like to be one of the first players to get drafted from from Queens into the CPL. I think that'd be something really big. Oh, interesting. You want to be the first one, eh? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Right on. So a lot of players also try to catch on with like a league one Ontario team or like a PLSQ team during the off season. Do you think that's something that you're going to pursue? That I've actually played before. I've been called up to a couple of league one games when I was uh, 16 with, uh, with the OSU, but yeah, I, I personally think because right now there's actually not there's no League One Ontario team in uh, in Ottawa like the OSU they play in uh, the PLSQ. PLSQ yeah yeah but they're not obviously like each year it's basically the same thing they're not really doing well they've always finished at the bottom of the table so it it's not really a good look for you like at the end of the day but uh, I had I had an opportunity to to go into the USL League Two. But I, I, I would honestly rather stay in Ottawa because this I was really homesick at the same time. But being a year and a half in Serbia, like that's a year and a half straight of not seeing my mom. That was way that was way too much for me. <laughs> so I had to stay with my you mom. Miss mom's cooking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. My, my mom, like she's she's talking about how she couldn't sleep and stuff like that. She's even she's not even uh like she's no, it's not that she's not happy, but she would obviously rather me be at home now and uh and like uh, she'd rather me go to Carlton, obviously, like because there's I remember there's a time where we're uh, we're driving past Carlton, and then she was just telling me like you could have been biking to, to Carlton every day. You should have stayed here and stuff like that. Like look how close the school is and stuff like that. So I can see <laughs> that she doesn't like it that I'm gonna move far away. But out of all places I've been, I've been to Montreal, I've been to Novi Sad, I've been to Belgrade. I think that the like basically Queen Kingston. It's gonna. It's a, it's the closest destination out of all of them. It's only, It's maximum two hours, so it's not really that far. And that's something I wanted. I wanted somewhere that's not too far, but somewhere where I can have my own life. 
You get what I mean? Okay, that's totally fair. Okay, so you've also been training with Atletico Ottawa, I hear. Yes. How has yes. that been going? Yes, it's been going good. I've been the I really like the goalkeeper coach. And I, I really like his goalkeeper sessions, uh, to be honest with you. And I like the environment I've to go. I think they have a really nice stadium. And honestly, like I that that's something I would like too. Like, why why wouldn't I why why wouldn't you want homegrown players to to play at at your club? And I think that would be the best for me to 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 start off my pro career in in Ottawa. I think that'd be really cool, to be honest. That's also something I wanted that at the Fury, because when I was 15, I got invited to train with uh, Fury a couple of times. I got called up over and over, and that was something big. Being only 15 years old and getting called to the to the first team, that was something big. And that's something I had in my head. Like, I, I really wanted to start off my pro career in, uh, in Ottawa and then, obviously, take off. But, obviously, we all know what happened with, uh, with Fury, how they – I'm not sure what happened. They lost licensing or something like that where they folded. And then Atletico Ottawa came uh, a couple months later. But – yeah, I was really hoping that I could start off my my pro career in uh, in Ottawa. I think that'd be something really big. So that would be my, fantastic. Yeah, like officially, obviously, I played I played uh, with professionals like overseas, but to actually have a contract and to to be on that roster and to and to get games and to put my name on for myself. Uh, so you've been training with Athletic Ottawa's new development uh team group like have you spoken with the coaches about like what um like what you can expect in the future like what it like what is that group kind of building towards i think i think personally they haven't said too much but i think they're looking for for players that are u21 u23 homegrown from ottawa to to basically come just i think just a few sessions a week just to, to come there and to get some exposure and and I don't know. It's also not. It's only Atletico Ottawa. I think they mentioned something with uh, Atletico Madrid too, because we're actually wearing Atletico Madrid uh, jerseys. It wasn't Atletico Ottawa. It's Atletico Madrid. So I think it's it's something affiliated also with Atletico Madrid. And they just want the uh, like uh, young ballers in in Ottawa to have like, exposure, basically. Okay. Um. So I just got a few quick questions for you before I let you go. Okay. No problem. Okay. So. Did you have a favorite player when you were growing up? Yes, not not a goalkeeper. It would be uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Okay, okay. Yeah, it would be basically not not. It was basically because I could really relate to him as uh, as a person because like I felt uh, like he felt like an outsider. I felt like an outsider. We have both like Balkan ba- uh, backgrounds, and I feel like we, we don't have the exact same childhood, but like I feel like I could relate to him as a person as well. And I like his like attitude. There's there's no there's no other player like him, and uh, there's not like there's no there's no other player like him. You can't say like there's anyone similar to him. He's really just really a unique person. I mean, you can't uh, yeah, argue I with just that. Really like it. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I can relate because he said something about uh, him uh, having a different last name, and then uh, in Sweden, and people are treating him differently and stuff like that. Like I've been tre- treated differently differently in Canada. But I've been treating it treated way differently while I was in Serbia. While I was in Serbia, I was treated like more, way more of an outsider. Like I, I had people always telling me like, "Why am I here? Go back to Canada, stuff like that." Like all, all the time, it was just a common thing for me, and that's why I can I can really relate to. Them. Uh, what's your favorite sport besides soccer? I'd say honestly, tennis. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, I grew up. I grew up playing like a lot in the summer, and also because he, I don't know if you know Djokovic or whatever, but. Yeah, that's I, I grew up playing a little bit of tennis, not not uh, competitive, but just playing a lot in the summer. OK, um, do you have a favorite soccer field in Ottawa? Field TD place, I guess. OK, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I like the I like the new Julian de Guzman Park. Have you been there yet? Field. Yeah, yeah. I played like a lot of games there, actually. Oh, right. On. I want to visit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it looks really, really nice there. Yeah, yeah. Who is the best player that you've ever been on a field with been on the field with i don't know if i'm allowed to say this <laughs> what do you mean we'll see. train train I... train with or played with like trained or whatever been on a field with been on a field with um i wasn't supposed to say it, but i'm gonna say it either way but i was i actually had uh jonathan david shooting on me i think uh about like a week ago we had, I had two sessions with him oh, and no just way. basically yeah, Jonathan David, and it was basically just a one v one session where he was, uh, where he was shooting on me, and well, I was really happy how I did, 
I got to see where I'm at. And at, at the end of the day, this is like uh, a top striker in Europe. That's that one that won the the league one in France. That, that's the top scorer for his team. And I think he finished like top six in, in League One last season. And it was it was really good just to see like where I'm at. Like you have a top striker shooting at you in different angles, 1v1s outside the box. And yeah, I really liked how I did against them. And I, I yeah, I felt I felt good after. And I saw where I'm at and I, I'm I like it where I'm at. Um, you know, is it like obviously different? Uh, you know, having a guy of that quality take shots on you? Like, can you just kind of like tell, oh, this guy's like, in a, you know, he's at a different level? Yeah, yeah. But the thing thing is with me is I get really motivated when I'm when I have players like that shooting on me. I just get this motivation drive to like not not let him get him past me. And when I save one of his shots, I'm just going to get motivated more and more and more. The thing is, the better the player is, the better I'll do. If you get what I mean, I, I'll have more drive to to save his shots. Like if I'm going to go against a, a player that plays in the fourth division in Uganda, like I'm not going to have the same adrenaline when I save a shot compared to if I save a shot from a guy that plays in the first division in France, if you get what I mean. Uh, what's your favorite pregame meal? Pregame meal. I really don't even have a pregame meal. Like I would honestly, I'm pretty basic. I'll probably just get eat like two bananas before a game. And that's about it, to be honest. Two bananas, done. But yeah, that's it. Like I don't really have <laughs> a, a, a ritual before a game. Like the only ritual I have is maybe – touching a crossbar and touching the floor and then touching left to right post before kickoff. Okay. But that's about it. I don't really like having rituals. I just like going up the flow. Okay. Right on. Um, what's the better halftime snack, oranges or watermelon? No, definitely a watermelon. Definitely. watermelon. Yep. Okay. Um, what's the last TV show you watched? Last TV show I watched. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> oh, really? Like the old one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I watched I probably watched it all six seasons, probably five times. That's fantastic. All six. Yeah. yeah. Um, who has had the biggest impact on your career so far? I would say no brainer. It would be my dad because the, the stuff that my dad has done is actually insane. Where a lot, a lot of people around Ottawa that, that play football, they know, they know my dad and uh, my dad did, has done a lot of sacrifices where it, it does motivate me. And it like, the stuff that he would do, he would, when I was in Montreal, he, he dropped everything. He asked his job because he's a software engineer. He asked his job if he can work from home so that he can be with me at, uh, at Montreal. And then we rented out a small bachelor apartment in Montreal. And he would be there just working all day, just like alone, obviously. And then we only had, we, we were there just one sharing one bed and stuff like that. He was, he was sacrificing his whole his whole life like he, he he dropped everything in ottawa just to be there alone to work and to provide for me while i was in montreal to to make my dreams work because he knew that being an mls academy that young at 12 years old that's something huge for him and he's he, he he's really motivated for that stuff so that's that's something crazy like what some some people some people's parents don't even want to drive them to training and stuff like that like my dad's my dad still watches my sessions my dad's still the only parent that comes and, and watches my sessions is actually crazy. He was always the only parent watching the sessions. So, like, I, I really like that about how much he, he sacrificed for me. And, and also in, in Serbia, same thing. He dropped everything, came to Serbia. We're in a, in a one-bedroom apartment. And, and, yeah, he just he would work there and provide for me. And, what, and he, he, at the end of the day, he dropped everything that he had in Ottawa twice for a year and a half, both – so about three years, just so he can provide for me. So I think out of everyone, that all out of all the success I've had, it's his success at the end of the day. Because none of none of this would ever happen without my dad. I can say that, and I feel like I have the best dad in the world, and that's why I it pushes me to work so hard every day. And that's the the least I can do is work hard when he provides so much for me. Ah, oh, it's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. All right. So last question. Pie in the sky, you get to choose the club that you get to play for. Every club in the world wants you. You get to choose. What's the one club you'd love to play for one day? Uh, OSU. No, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> let's say uh, Red Star Belgrade or Liverpool. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Right on. 
I think, right, I think Red Star Belgrade would be something big, to be honest. Because they have, they have Milan Bordi on the Canadian also there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You could be, yeah, you could just follow him, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, why not? He, you know, he retires and you're right there. I mean, why not? That's why I like, honestly, because at the end, yeah, I feel like what I like the most is to, to prove people wrong. And I feel like when I came to Serbia, I, I, I proved a lot of people wrong because the legit to go through, there's kids there that haven't done, that have been there their whole life, but haven't done what I've done in a short period of one year and a half. Because at the end of the day, I did train with a, with a pro team that wanted to sign me. And I was with a top academy. And that's a lot of, a lot of kids' dreams to, to, to be in those top academies. And I, I did that when coaches told me to, to go back to Canada and that I wasn't supposed to be there and that I'm wasting my time and stuff like that. So that's why I like the most is just to, to prove people wrong. I'm just going to keep on proving people wrong. I love it. All right. Well, Luca, uh, that's all the time I got for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching your career, watching your yeah. Queens and, uh, and uh, you know, watching that draft and making sure you get to be the first, the first Queens player to be drafted. That was our chat with Luca Vujicic. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the upcoming U sports season. We'll be watching Luca playing with Queens. Um, and man, such a good high quality of, of football there. But I'm going to wrap things up. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you have a moment, please like and subscribe uh, wherever you can do that. Leave a comment or a rating. Uh, feel free to get in touch. Ask a question. Say hi. Let me know who or what you want to hear on this podcast. Hey, you know, I love to learn. For this episode, my name is Josh. Thank you so much. We'll see you.